34, and we're continuing a series entitled Surge. A surge is a sudden and powerful upward movement. It has a surge. And I want to say confidently that God wants to bring a surge to your heart. God wants to bring a surge moment to your faith. God wants to take you from where you're at to a new level, and you're saying, but I, I can't. I, I feel like life's overwhelming. Have you ever said you're just dog-tired? I just can't go on? I'm out of gas. I'm out of energy. I'm out of want to. I'm out of motivation. I just, I just don't have it in me. You need a surge. You need a surge. Have you been so tired that you're texting people in the same room? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Have you ever wanted to go to work on Monday and put an out-of-order tag on your forehead? Yes. So stressed, just stress just beating you down. Don't you wish stress would burn calories? We'd all be models, huh? <laughs> stress by life. You ever wish that uh, your spouse had autocorrect? Your kids had autocorrect on them? Yes. Instead of feeling like a million dollars, have you ever felt like a bounce check? You say, I just, I don't have it in me. I want to suggest that God wants to bring what I'm going to call you into an energy zone moment. A surge that will take you into God's energy zone. God's intention is for us to not live burned out, beat down on the ragged edge of life. God has something different planned for us. And you see, the Holy Spirit's job description is to bring you and I closer to God. The Holy Spirit's job description is to bring you and I closer to God. For you see, closeness to God is the cure for chaos of life. Whatever you're experiencing, disappointment, anger, frustration, betrayal, uh, exhaustion. Whatever we're experiencing in life, closeness to God is the cure for the chaos of life. That's why we read in the book of Psalms, and it'll make a statement like this, then I went into the presence of the Lord. And when I got into God's presence, then it seems like all of the issues, the, the, the battle just seemed to wash away from our heart. God intends to move us into a place of His presence that we're equipped with His presence to handle life, the vicissitudes of life, the challenges of life, the disappointments of life. God's aware of everything that's going on in your life. He's aware of your storm. And His cure is His presence. God's presence will make the difference. And with that in mind, I invite you to go with me to Psalm 134. And I want to just for a moment give you a little bit of information about this psalm. Psalm 134 is the last, it's the 15th of 15 psalms called Songs of Ascent. There are three verses in Psalm 134, but it's the last chapter in 15 psalms that began in chapter 120. Through 134, songs of ascent. You find that phrase 
If you look in your Bible, both in the print form and your electronic form, it'll have a chapter title. And after the chapter title, chapter 134, there will be right before the first verse this phrase, Song of Ascents. Songs of Ascent. Fifteen of them. When in Israel, they would travel to Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is on a hill, so you always go up, the ascent up to the house of God. You never go down into the presence of God. You always ascend up. It's always built on a high place. They would journey, whether the Galilee area, the Dead Sea area, they would travel from their region, their home, unto Jerusalem, the time of Passover or a festivity. And in that journey, they would sing 15 songs along the way. The songs of ascent, ascending to the holy place, to the temple in Jerusalem. Chapter 134 is the last of the chapter. It begins in chapter 120. It says in chapter 120, verse number 1, it says, I called on the Lord in my distress. In other words, you begin the journey, you start going to the presence of the Lord, and sometimes you do so because there's distress in your life. There's a problem. There's difficulty. Maybe at that particular time, for some person, their crops were not yielding uh, any, any fruit. For us, that would be, that would be like, I, I'm not getting ahead in my economy. I, I feel like I went from a full-time to a part-time job. I'm not getting ahead. There's no promotion. My business is not flourishing. I'm in distress. Chapter 123. It says there that I, I, I was experiencing ridicule. Somebody was stabbing me in the back. Somebody was working against me. Well, I was trying to get ahead. Somebody was trying to pull the rug out from underneath me. And there's some of us, that's exactly where you're at. But keep your journey. Go all the way into chapter 134, and there are no enemies. There are no problems. There are, there are no villains mentioned in this chapter. But some of us here in the room, we're stuck in chapter 120. You're stuck in your, in your distress. You haven't been able to get past the distress. You haven't been able to get past the problem. In fact, sometimes you say, I just don't know if I have it within me to go on. I don't know if I have it within me even to come to church. Some of you had second thoughts about coming here today because you were so tired and exhausted and spiritually and emotionally fatigued. Some of us were in chapter 123. You, you, you are so wounded by somebody that has betrayed you. Somebody that has hurt you. Somebody that has wounded you in your spirit. And you're caught right there. Here is the lesson. Just keep journey. Move past that. Go all the way to chapter 134. And God has something to say to us. In chapter 134, there are three verses. And there's the use of what's called idioms in this chapter. An idiom is a phrase that has a greater meaning behind it. Sometimes the meaning behind it is greater than the words and the phrase being said. For example, if I say, I'm under the weather. I'm really not talking about weather. I'm talking about my health. You guys know that. You get that. There is the use of idioms in chapter 134. And behind the phrase, God has a word picture and he's teaching us something about moving into his presence. God has a surge for everyone here. And in just a moment, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back on the platform, and we're going to end this service in a time in His presence. But let's begin reading 
chapter 134, verse number 1. It says, Praise the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, who minister by night in the house of the Lord. Pause for a moment. I'm reading from the NIV. But in the NIV Bible, there is something that's quite not fully communicated that's in the original Hebrew. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It's found in the, in the English Standard Version and a few other versions, but the NIV just doesn't bring the strength of that. The other versions will say, Come, let us praise the Lord. But that word come is not found in the NIV. And the emphasis there is kind of an inflection point. Here's what God is saying. If you want to move past your distress, if you want to move past your hurt, past your abuse, past your misuse in life, there's a time you've got to press in with urgency. You've got to press in with a surge. You've got to press in with a desire. You can't just wait for it to show up. You've got to have an inflection point in your spirit. You have to have this earnestness. I must get into the presence of the Lord. It goes on to say in this, in this verse, verse number one, who minister by night in the house of the Lord again. The NIV doesn't give us the full understanding. Most versions will read it, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Come, let us worship the Lord for those who stand by night in the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but at night I don't want to stand. I want to sit down. How about you? After a long day, after a busy schedule... Do you like to get your chair? Do you like to sit down? Do you like to lay down? Is there a place that's your chair? Is there a place that's your, that's your spot that you just kind of like? That's my pillow. At the end of the evening, it just feels good to get your feet up, to, to lounge out on the couch, to, to find that comfortable spot. At night, I, I don't, I don't want to stand up. I, I, I want to sit down. I, I want to relax. There was an airline here uh, a few years ago that was doing an evaluation, the possibility instead of having seats that you would stand up and fly, they would have these poles that you would put a seat belt around you and you would stand up in the flight and they, they tested it and nobody wanted to stand up in a the flight. They wanted to sit down. I would really like to have a little more leg room. Am I the only one? I'd like to have a little more space and, and, and not have to almost sit in somebody's lap when you're on a flight. Who, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. What's the word picture there? The word picture is you don't go at night to the house of the Lord. They didn't go at night. They would go in the daytime. But it's an imagery. It's a picture. And here's what God is saying. There's going to be times you're going to be in your night season. There's going to be a time you're going to feel like you're in a dark area of life. There's going to be a time you're going to be standing. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be easy to do it. It's, it's not going to be the, the, the most comfortable thing. It will just not flow out. You will have to determine. You will have to take a stand. There's going to be a moment in life. If you want to move past your distress, past your betrayal, you have to have an inflection point. You're going to do some work. You're going to have to have determination. Push yourself into the presence of the Lord. Go after God. Passionately go after God with all of your heart. For you see, God is teaching us here, our worship should not be controlled by circumstances and conditions. 
Some of us, we can get one phone call and say, you know what, I'm in a bad mood all day long. You can have one matter and you're in a bad mood all week long. Some of us are moved. You can walk in the house in the evening and your spouse say, what's wrong with you? It's written all over the countenance of your face. Your face. Why? Because life is this. It's the ebb and flow. It's going to happen. There's going to be a night season. Sometimes it's going to be hard. It's like standing when you want to lay down. It's going to be effort. You're not going to feel like it, but you're going to put your heart into it. You're going to push in. And God's saying, you need to get into the energy zone. God has something for us for you. See, praise is our pivot point in life. Praise is our pivot point in life. Praise takes us from the distress. Praise takes us from, from the inward reflection, the, the, the darkness, the, the, the sinking feeling, the woundedness. Praise turns us from that and puts our focus on God and allows God to reinvigorate our spirit. Let's go on, verse number 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. If you attend this church any at all, you will realize at times there are people all around you that are worshiping by raising their hands. From time to time, the worship team will invite you. Everyone in the house, let's raise our hand. It's not a, the assembly of God way. It's not the Westover way. It's the Bible way. What is it about lifting your hands? Well, there's, again, there's a, there's a word picture. There's an idiom here. You see, we work with our hands. We multitask. You can do this and do this and be thinking about that. Here's what God is saying. Lay aside everything that distracts. When you go into the presence of the Lord, don't let anything distract you. It might do good for you to turn off your social media before you go to the house of the Lord or a time of prayer. It might be good to kind of blank that out. Don't let anything distract you when you go into the presence of the Lord. Offer that unto the Lord. And I, I got a richer picture of this just this past week. I was in my office. I was doing some things and preparing some things in my office, and I heard a familiar sound coming down the hallway toward my office. I could hear the, 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 the rapid pace of footsteps coming down the hallway, and I knew that familiar sound. That was my grandkids coming to see me in my office. Well, you see... I keep a box of fruit snacks in my office. I bribe my kids, come, my grandkids, come see me, and Papa will have fruit snacks for you. And they'll come in to see me, and I give out their fruit snacks. So I could hear their feet coming down, and they're doing a race. Who can get to Papa's office first and get there? And they were coming. And when they come in, they kind of just splash into the room, you know, Papa! You know, and I hug them. How you doing? How's things going? And they give me a hug. We visit a little bit. I went over and I got the fruit snacks and I handed them the fruit snacks and visit with them. How are you doing? There was my, my, my little four-year-old Josiah and then there was the little two-year-old Camila and she was there and they were just going about. And then a moment, Mama said, well, we need to go. We need to go. Go give Papa a hug. Josiah came over and he leaned his head. That's how he hugged me. He leans his head and I put my arms around here and then Camila came over and I lifted my two-year-old up and I said give me a hug and her two-year-old language and she just put those arms around me oh my heart melted I said give me a squeeze I'll just give me that tight squeeze that feels so good 
And then I put her down. But Mama was not quite done. She was attending to a few things. So Josiah went over the door, and little two-year-old Camila went over there, and she was ready to go. And she walked up to Mama, and she lifted up her hands, and she went like this. But Mama was busy. So Mama would walk over here, and Camila would come over, and she's still doing this. And then Mama was going over here and doing this, and Camila was doing that. And I'm watching, and I'm saying, if she doesn't attend to her, I'm going to call CPS on her. That's, that's my grandbaby. That's my granddaughter, and she better take care of my granddaughter. And that little Camille was just doing this all the time. And then finally, Mama picked her up, and then she was so happy. Here it is. I saw it. I thought there was a word picture that just came into my mind. When you come into the presence of the Lord, just do this, God, I need you. God, I'm in distress. Just pick me up. Here's what God is saying. Here's what God is teaching us. If you lift him up, he'll lift you up. If you'll come into the house of the Lord with a surge, with a determination, you'll press in. It may be a night season. You may not feel like it. You may feel like that there's no energy left in you. But if you'll just say, oh, God, I need you. God, I'm here. I, I'm seeking you. God, I want to get closer to you. God, I want to unload my distress to you. If you'll seek God, God will come to where you at. And if you'll lift God up, God will lift you up. That's his promise to us. Verse number three, the last verse, it says, And may the Lord bless you from Zion. Oh, it sounds like that priestly blessing. That priestly blessing in Numbers chapter number six when the priest would say, And I, I bless the people. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you, be good to you and prosper you and keep you and give you health and peace. It has the idea of that priestly blessing. God is about to, God's about to bless his people. Remember, we've been blessing Him, verse 1 and 2. We're praising Him. And guess what? When you bless Him, God will bless you. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He who is the, notice this, the maker of heaven and earth. The maker of all things God could have said. He said, I'm the maker. Now, He didn't say, I'm the redeemer. There's nothing wrong with that. He didn't say, I'm the shepherd. He didn't say, I'm the keeper, I'm the provider. He, he didn't say, he said, I am the maker. No doubt, no doubt in the Jewish mind. It takes them back to Genesis, who God created and God made the heavens and the earth. I am the maker of heaven and earth. What is it? God is taking them back to Genesis. God's taking them back to an imagery and when there was nothing, when there was chaos, when there was wreck, and when there was ruin, when there was no form, there was no pattern, there was no synchronization, there was, there was no life, God stepped in and God made something and God created order. And here's what God is saying. Let me put it all together in the chapters. You may start in chapter 120 in distress. You just keep walking. There may be betrayal in the way. Somebody may turn against you. Somebody may get on social media and just, just begin to ravage at you and, 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 bring, and bring criticism to you. You may be in your chapter 123. You just keep marching on. Don't focus on that. Don't retaliate. You keep pressing on. You just, you just let the surge of the Holy Spirit take you to the Lord. When you 
you get to chapter 134, guess what? As you press into God, there are no enemies. There are no villains. There, there are no battles you're fighting in this chapter. Once you get into the presence of the Lord, guess what? God begins to make new in your life. God begins to make great. God begins to do things for you that you don't have. He said, I am the maker. The maker. When you make something... You take things that are, that are here and there and ingredients here and there that don't have any purpose, that don't have any taste, that don't have any semblance, that don't have any shape to them. You put them all together and you create something beautiful or you create something tasteful. That's what God is saying. I'm going to reach into your life. And I'm going to take that disappointment. I'm going to take that sleepless night. I'm going to take that tear. I'm going to take that moment. I'm going to take that abuse. And I'm going to bring it all together. And I will use it to bless you. They tried to give a demotion. But I will promote you, God says. I will do something in your life. I am the God who is the maker. God can do something for us. We can't do ourselves if we just get into his presence, into the energy zone of his glory and presence. That's what God is teaching us. Now in the notes, the app notes, I have five points. But I'm only going to share with you one. I'm going to unpack one. And then I'm going to invite the praise team to come back and we're going to worship. Let me look at the first one. The other four, I have scripture there. In your life groups, you can get together in the life group discussions that are provided. And the app notes, you can get together and unpack that. But let me focus on point number one. And here it is. Singing brings God's song to our hearts. Singing brings God's song to our heart. Some of you need a song. Some of you have lost your song. Some of you, the, the song has gone sour in your spirit. You've lost your joy. You've lost your song. You, you've lost your energy. You've lost your zeal. You've lost your motivation. You look at God as a burden. You don't look at God as a blessing. You, 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 think, you, you think Christianity is all about duty and responsibility. You've lost the passion and the love for God. You've lost your song. And I want you to know that singing, singing brings God's song to your heart. In a moment, I'm going to invite you to sing. Why? Because singing brings God's song to your heart. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 19 in the New Testament says, When we come together, like we're gathered here, this is the instruction the New Testament gives us. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Huh, songs from the Spirit. Notice this last phrase. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. I want to focus on that. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Do you know literally we make music from our heart? Stay with me. Have you ever had a song that you could get out of your mind? A commercial jingle? Maybe a nursery rhyme? Maybe the words of a song? Perhaps you work in an office and somebody near you plays this song all day long and you hear it so much you go home and you're just, I, I want to get that song out of my mind. It just goes over and over and over again. You don't even like the song, but it's, it's kind of got embedded inside of your mind. Have you ever got, got the moment you just, I want to get that song out. How did that song get out? I don't like it. I want to sing that song. I just, it just seems to always come back. You're laying on your pillow at night and you're trying to sleep and that song is just going through your mind. They did a study on it in 2005. Yes, in England, they did a research on it. And they actually discovered why we have songs in our mind we can't get out. It's called 
I am I. Involuntary musical imagery. Involuntary, you don't intend to, it's musical and imagery. They discovered why we get a song in our mind we can't get out of. And what they discovered, and they did research, and they were first trying to determine, was it the cadence, was it a certain note, was it a certain rhythm that just was just kind of resonated with people? No, it wasn't really the music, wasn't the, it wasn't the beat. Was it a certain word? Was it rhyming? Did it have, was it shorter words or longer words? What, what was the key to that? And they decided in the study that everyone, every, you, I, every person, inside our brain is this place between imagery and auditory. What we say, auditory, and what we see, and there's this place where involuntary musical imagery has. There's a spot. You were created with that. Everyone has it. It's a spot, and if that particular song gets there, it lands there, and it stays there forever. You just It will go on and on. Even if you fight it, it resides there. Here it is. They only discovered Ephesians 5.19. God has created everyone in here with the ability to make music in your heart unto the Lord. In your heart, you have the ability to create. There's a spot God's created for His song. There is a song God created for you, for you to sing, for you to celebrate in your life. But the problem with some of us, we've allowed a, a, a commercial jingle to get in there. We've allowed Garth Brooks, Brooks to put something in there. We've allowed Tejano music to make a deposit in there. And that's the stuff we focus on. That was reserved for God. It's in your spirit. It's songs of the spirit. In the deep in every one of us, there is this place where God has for his song to be in your heart. And we have allowed, we have given that away because it's an empty spot. And we have allowed culture, we've allowed the advertising or the music industry to put something there. And God has a place for his song to be in your heart. Have you ever noticed that we use musical terminology to describe the human heart? We say the heart has a beat. Yes, Yes, they say the heart has a rhythm to it. We use musical terminology to actually diagnose and talk about the human heart. Why? Because God has created us and made a place inside of us for His song, for His music. It's not in the key of C. It's not in the key of F flat or B flat. It's in the key of U. God has put a song, a place inside of you that he wants to deposit a song and you sing that song and you express that song unto the Lord. That's what God has for every one of us and it comes from our passion. It comes from our heart unto the Lord. And here's what God is saying. You can sing a song. You press past your distress. You press past all the abuse and the the demise of life. You don't focus on that. Don't sing the song. Don't sing on how bad life has been and how 
how others have mistreated you. Press beyond that. Go and determine, I'm going to surge. Holy Spirit, take me into your presence. I'm going to come. I'm earnest. I'm going to praise the Lord. Even if it's uncomfortable, I'll do it by night. If I have to stand, if I have to press in, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, oh God, I need you. God, I lift up my spirit unto the Lord. And God says, you do that. I will begin to make things happen in your life you will begin to see something you've never seen before. Sing, and God will give you a song. Some of us are waiting until God gives us the song to sing. No, sing, and God will give you the song. And it says, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. It's the audience of one. You see, God is the VIP. (laughs) God is the audience. God is the one that we worship. God, and we're not singing for others. You're not auditioning. God's not doing this spiritual, does America have talent? God's not listening to you and recording you. God is saying, does your heart have a song? Can you sing it? And some of us, you're like me. You don't have musical talent. You say, I don't want to sing because I'm not as good as, and I don't. And it has nothing to do with what others. It's my song unto the Lord coming from my spirit. It's the audience of one. Friday, I was at the Collide Conference. All the students, they fill this room. 450 students, 500 students here. They're worshiping God, celebrating. They're jumping up and down in worship. We had a speaker come in. Uh, Michael Fernandez came in. Oh, he did an incredible job. He gave a, a message that just resonated in the heart. But as he began his message, he turned and said, all the students were here, and I was sitting over there. He said, students, I need you to know something. He was speaking to the middle and high school students. He said, the goat is in the house. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how did a goat get in here? <laughs> how did a goat get into the church building? I thought, what in order? It's going to mess up the carpet. That goat will start chewing on things and eating a hole in the upholstery. How did, how did a goat get in the room? I didn't know. It's a phrase that you millennials use. Yeah, it's an acronym. G-O-A-T. The greatest of all times. And he was talking about me. He told, he told the students, Pastor Jim is here. He's the goat. The goat is in the house. I'm the goat. I'm the goat. That's what he called me. Yeah, I'm the goat. This is Sister Goat right here, my wife. Sister Goat. Just call her Sister Goat. Give me a high five, Sister Goat. Yeah, absolutely. Brother and Sister Goat are in the house. Amen. But I want you to know, the greatest of all time is here today. The greatest of all time is not me. The greatest of all time, the healer, the restorer, the life giver, the provider, the one that turns things around, the one that gives joy the one that brings life, the one that brings peace, the one that takes you out of your demise, that gives you strength to go on in your midnight. He's in the house. The greatest of all is here. And He wants you to worship Him from time to time, from time to time. A great singer, songwriter may pass away and they'll say the person, he or she, they said of Prince, he had unrecorded songs, potential hits, unrecorded songs that were never, were never listened to, never publicized. I wonder today, is there an unrecorded song here? Has God been 
putting a song of promise and that and that involuntary musical imagery that spirit that spirit of you has God been putting a promise he's been speaking something he does that have you ever been worshiping the Lord and you see courses on the screen and you'll just be singing along then all of a sudden a word or a phrase just grabs you it just kind of comes off of the screen and for a moment you don't continue singing it just kind of it kind of grabs you it speaks to you it goes deep inside of you that's the beginning of God's song it could be the title to the next song God's bringing in your spirit. It could be another stanza to a song that God's writing in your life. It's one that comes on the screen, and for you right then, it's a word from the Lord. It's a promise from God. It's an encouragement from God. If you see, for every one of us, God intends to add to your playlist. Yes. Today, God wants to add to your playlist. And that area of the spirit God wants to put a song and God will deposit a promise God will give you a phrase God will give you something and you just begin to build on it and you worship and you hold on to that promise you hold on to that in faith and you just rehearse it over and over again and it begins to build can I tell you Denise and I have some songs oh you won't find them on YouTube you can't, you can't go to Hillsong. You, you can't go to Elevation. You can't go anywhere. You can't find these songs anywhere. They're songs of the heart. We've walked through experiences of life we didn't understand. We just kept obeying God. We walked through experiences we didn't realize. We didn't know how God was going to put it together. We didn't know how God was going to make it come to pass. But then he did. But then he did. We entitled that song. We entitled that song of God's promises. We, we give it this title one of God's paydays. Denise and I were talking the other day, driving down the road, and we just began to rehearse the blessings of the Lord and the good things God has just done for us in our ministry and our family and for our kids. And, just, and we just said, it's one of God's paydays. You see, God just brings His blessing. God just brings His provision. God just shows His goodness. It's just one of God's paydays. We have another one, another one kind of entitled, He's Doing It Again. Yeah. All of a sudden you go through something, the boat begins to rock in your life, and all of a sudden you just see God begin to settle the storm. You see God stepping into a situation that seemed troublesome. And there's that song. He's doing it again. God's up to it again. He's just making it happen. And some of us today, God wants to renew the song in your heart. There's some of us that are parents kids have walked away from the Lord you raised them to serve God you raised them to follow the Lord but today they're not but God put a promise in your heart that promise is a song keep singing it God put a promise your kids are going to serve the Lord your kids are going to come back just say it just sing it oh God they're going to come back mm, God they're going to come back and they're going to serve you they may be running from God now but God you're going to outrun them you're going to catch them you're going to be there no matter what path they go down. God, you're going to be at the end of the road and you're going to open your arms of love and you're going to redeem them back to you. That's your song. Sing it. Brothers, you've been faithful. Others have been promoted over you and sometimes you, you have been the victim of, of neglect and sometimes, sometimes you've just been victimized because you're a believer. You won't go out and party. You won't do some of that. You stand your faith. Here's your promise. 
God's going to make it up. God's going to make it. Just start singing that. God, you're going to make it up. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from the Lord. And God, you're just going to advance me. God, you're going to make it up. God, you're going to bring it to pass. Is it a healing song? Are you struggling with symptoms and you believe and you felt like God put a promise in your heart of healing, but it hasn't come yet? Don't quit singing your song. Don't quit singing your song. Just keep singing. Let God give another stanza. Let God give another promise in your heart. Just keep singing that song. Let God put the promise in your heart. If you'll sing, God will give you the song.